So I'm going squatching. We're going squatching, bitches. Welcome back. You made it. Thank you for joining us. I am Josh. They call me Lennon. And this is Don't Touch My Sasquatch. Here we explore controversial topics with energy and a good laugh. We're two guys that have a love and passion for these topics. Topics that you may have heard of, but may not know the full story of yet. We're here to tell you those stories, share our opinions, and let you come to your own conclusions. We'll do the research so you don't have to. Now, I want you to close your eyes for a moment. Imagine you're in the middle of the woods and you see a strange light in the near distance. Your curiosity gets the better of you and you go and investigate. The light turns out to be a UFO hovering just above the trees. What would you do? Well, on today's episode, we tell the story of a group of coworkers who came across that very situation. One of whom got a little too curious and ended up being hit by a beam and then taken. Was this done in defense, in aggression, or was it all just an accident? Sit back, relax, put your tinfoil hat on as we dive into the Travis Walton abduction. But first, a message from our sponsor. Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt this program for a special news bulletin. Do you find it difficult to express your love of cryptids to those around you? Are you sick of boring t-shirts cramping your style? Or looking to spice up your love life? If you answered yes to one or more of these questions, then boy, do we have the solution for you. Now you too can look like a winner with the Don't Touch My Sasquatch official podcast t-shirt. For the next eight weeks, pre-sales for the official Don't Touch My Sasquatch t-shirt are available now at www.donttouchmysasquatch.com forward slash shop. If you're confident in your passions and interests by sporting our shirt at your favorite national park or local Sasquatch den, pre-sales are only available until October 10th, so grab yours now. Be unique, stay comfortable, and remember, don't touch my Sasquatch. T-shirt. Yes, do grab yours Today. before the time runs out. I love, uh, I love that. T-shirt at the end. Like <laughs> Pause. T-shirt. My favorite. How was your week, good fella? I saw UFO. Tell me about it. And by UFO, <clears throat> it was unidentified, and it was flying. UAP. Got it. So. <laughs> well, so I was driving it, down like... Country Road. Country Road. By that I meant. Take me home. Sorry. It's all good. Uh, by that I meant uh, the highway. Oh, not even a country road. Nope. Got it. Well, maybe country to some people. Yeah. So it was a straight, straight run of it. It's sunny out. It's like five thirties, something like that. And uh, way down the horizon line, above the trees, you could see uh, a metallic glimmer. And <laughs> right, <laughs> this is a fitting story for our episode, by the way. It is. <laughs> so I could see a metallic glimmer and. Uh, you know, you see planes, but you mm-hmm. don't see planes reflect light so much. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, it was just brief, a little glimmer, glimmer. And then I didn't see it anymore. A little glimmer, glimmer. <laughs> you like I that. like that. Uh, I didn't see it anymore. And then, like, maybe four or five seconds later, it was much closer to me. Right. By, like, maybe f- five miles. I don't know. I don't know what mile. Out. Not five miles, but it was closer. 
faster or closer than what a plane would have gotten it to. Right. And I saw it again a little bit, glimmer, glimmer, and that was it. So you're saying that there's makes a chance. chance. There's a chance. That makes it the third, fourth, fourth experience I've had. So that's what happened phenomenon. on uh, Tuesday. I, I, you disappeared for like three days. I did. No. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Where is Lennon? How was your week? Nothing glorious happened. Just no imagine work, dragons. work, work, work. <laughs> no Imagine Dragons, no Poltergeist. Or whatever they are visiting me, you know, it's every four months, so we got some time. Um, unless I move before that, so I hopefully do. So, what are we talking about this week? Uh, Travis Walton and his UFO abduction story. Yes, now um, fantastic, people, by the fantastic, way, fantastic, incredible experience, uh, incredible experience he had. Yes, uh, great guy. Good, good guy. I met him. He's a great guy. I've never met him. <laughs> His story is um, what uh, the movie Fire in the Sky was based off of. Loosely, yeah. Loosely, yeah. yes. Um, but Do you yeah. know he's making a remake? Really? Or they are? I did not know that. Yeah, as a, to be more accurate. It was 2001, on the, or 2021, um, on the Joe Rogan podcast. I was listening to his interview. Mm-hmm. And he was saying how uh, a... Rework, uh, rework. A uh, they're redoing it. They're remaking it, gotcha. and it's going to be much more accurate, I guess. Uh, nice, but because we're getting into it, it's quite a bit different than the movie. But uh, yeah, the story is incredible. They Hollywoodified it, sure did, as they always do. Because aliens have to be bad; they yeah. cannot be good. You get by by a spider, you get powers instead of just dying. Exactly. <laughs> but I mean, think about it. if aliens were here to harm us. They wouldn't be so secretive, wouldn't they? They would just be like, we're here, bitches, and you're fucked. Ah, right? Yes. Seriously, did. though. Yeah. I, I, as soon as he said that, I was like, that makes that makes, it makes sense. makes perfect sense, yes. Yeah, you're right. Why would they be hush-hush buzzing around, you know? Anyways, let's get into it. Well, let's get into it. Taking us back to November... <laughs> November 5th of 1975. Travis Walton and six other members of his logging crew were working in the Apache Sitgreaves National Forest. Very proud of you on that one, Sitgreaves. I, I was struggling on it. I was working. Yeah. And this was near Snowflake, Arizona. I love, I love the name in Arizona. Lives. Snowflake. <laughs> it's a hot fucking state. We're going to call this Snowflake. It's yep. going to give it some fucking hoop. <laughs> so uh, during the day, they were in the middle of working uh, on a tree thinning contract. The process of thinning is to clear thick stands of smaller trees to allow for faster growth of mm-hmm. the trees. Of course. Uh, uh, give the trees room to grow. And more light than correct shading all the other trees, right? And what they do with the brush? Well, they'd pile it up, right? Yeah. So on the day of Wednesday, November 5th, they were working on a fuel reduction, which is cutting and thinning slash into smaller lengths to be burned during the wet season. Sending slash and old smart like speed. You know, what? I got it. We're gonna get this for you, okay? I'm gonna find a, a bouncing ball so you can <laughs> keep track of where you are. <laughs> boop, boop, boop. There I am. <laughs> you get distracted to look up and you're like, where the fuck was I? I Jesus Christ. I'll just have to follow with my curse. I'm gonna do that. Let's try that one. I just love your face when you lose like, oh what? <laughs> Um, So, in logging, the term slash is a general term applied to all debris and waste incident, waste incident, to logging operations. 
Slash and burn, baby. Slash and burn agriculture is a completely different thing. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> um, so some men were working chainsaws while others were dragging trees and other debris aside and piling. Right. So of the men included on the crew besides Walton, there was Mike Rogers. Mike Rogers. 28. Not to be confused with Mr. Rogers. I mean, he could. He is a Mr. Rogers. He is, but we're not, not talking about the, the Mr. Mr. Rogers. <laughs> By the way, Travis Walton is 22. Yes, 22. Um, Mike Rogers was the boss and foreman on the crew. Yeah, uh, 28. And he was the oldest of them. Yes, sir. I don't have any of the other guys' ages. Or any I actually couldn't find it either. I don't couldn't. know why. So, But we're just going to run through the names now. We're hitting them. You got Alan Dallas. Check. He was a moody motherfucker from all Supposedly, accounts. Supposedly, yeah. Uh, did you hear? Oh, side tangent on Alan. Yep. So on the Joe Rogan podcast, he was talking about his incident prior to with Alan. Mm-hmm. Prior to this um, incident, yep. Uh, do you have that? Yep. Then I'm gonna let you tell it. All right. I just I unless it's something different because they did they. Uh, I'll get to it. Okay. But, well, if you don't get to it, I'll talk about it. Got it. Uh, so Alan Dallas, uh, John Goulet. I think I got that right. That sounds good to me. Dwayne Smith, The Rock Johnson. Yep. Kenneth Peterson. And Steve Pierce, that was the crew, the boys, the posse, <laughs> the gang. So Walton, uh, let me before we get too far into this. Yes, um, the uh, source of my notes mm-hmm. was the book "Fire in the Sky" by Travis Walton. Gotcha. So most of the stuff I'm going to say and talk about are firsthand accounts from him. I have a lot of direct quotes from him from the book. Absolutely. So I just wanted to preface that. I yeah. forgot to mention that beforehand. And I tried to get most of my accounts from him on interviews, too, yeah. so that it wasn't just, like, bullshit. Right. So Walton describes the events of the day uh, leading up to the The events of the day leading up to the event. The event uh, leading up to the <laughs> event. He was working on felling trees, as were some of the others. Some were better at it than others, as he says. An otherwise ordinary day. Um, I think this is the story you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Alan Dallas had cut down a tree that nearly fell on Travis. He said he was uh, working on his tree, and a tree just narrowly missed him. Mm-hmm. And he looked around to see who who cut it down, and it was Dallas, and he was had a like a cheeky grin on him. So yeah, but that was after he mentioned that prior that day or the day before, um, Alan Dallas went to his. His and his girlfriend's, that's Travis and his girlfriend's house, and was telling Travis's girlfriend that he she needs to leave him for Alan. Really? And they were getting into a, a fight. I don't know if he said it was physical or not, but it was something to do with that. Uh-huh. And then he mentioned that that part in the movie where Alan almost hit him with a tree was accurate. Mm. So that's... Um, yeah, and while you're talking about that, yeah. I'm pretty positive that uh, Alan's girlfriend, who is now his wife, they've yeah. been together this whole time, um, was Mike... His uh, boss's sister. Oh. I could be wrong. Scandalous. But either way, like, a bunch of the crew members were, like, dating or married to the other crew members' sisters or something. Right. The documentary I was watching explained that a little bit more. Anyway, I could be wrong on that. I'm not. We're just going to roll with it. I like it. You like it. Let's keep it. Let's keep going. So Travis says uh, that Alan was known to have an uncontrollable temper, and he took it out on the trees. Temper, temper. But that gave him a good speech advantage over the rest of the crew. Um, it's a good guy to have on your team. Just don't get him pissed off. He might fucking be squished under a tree. Right. He says he 
that Dallas had come to blows with everyone on the crew at least once or twice. But him and Travis and Alan Dallas were on friendly terms as far as Travis was concerned. Of course. He said that he kept it professional at work, as you do. It's like brothers. You fight, but you still love each other, you know. Maybe not so much here because it's co-workers, but... (laughs) Yeah. All this to say... There was no reason for them to no, give the account that they're about to give. Yeah. yeah. So, as the final hours of sunlight were fading at 6 p.m., the men started to pack up their gear. Well, they were uh, packing up their gear before that. Yeah. But um, they packed up their gear. They loaded the saws, gas, and oil cans into the back of a 65 International pickup and filed in themselves. Mike drove with Travis riding shotgun and Kenneth Peterson sitting in the middle. So in the back seat, he rode bitch. He, well, in the middle, <laughs> yeah. Uh, in the middle, I'm so, not middle. You got me fucked. In the back seat, Dwayne Smith. Said, you got me fucked. <laughs> <laughs> that was a weird. You got me fucked. We're driving. We're driving. In the back seat, sat Dwayne Smith on the left. John Goulet and Steve Pierce in the middle, while Alan Dallas sat on the right behind Travis, probably just kneeing him in the back of the seat the whole time. Don't you fucking stop it. God damn it. It's a little dramatic. <laughs> um, fucking child. So I, I also recommend everyone to check out uh, Documentary and Discovery Plus that they just released. I just released, I mean, a few months ago. Um, about Travis, and they actually interview a bunch of the guys from the crew, and I don't know, you haven't seen it. I have not seen it. So no. I enjoy, and uh, I enjoy the fact that, like, three or four of the guys from the crew, mm-hmm. they all look like the exact same person. They all have, like, super long gray hair, and the one dude's got, like, this huge handlebar mustache. It's pretty It's pretty cool. But Joke's on you. It is the same person. They just kind of put a little <laughs> mis- aste- uh, aesthetics. Um, not aesthetics. Aesthetic? Uh, You're here getting we go. there. This is... This is part of the podcast now. I can't fucking say words. Yeah. Um, help me out. I don't know what you're saying. Aesthetics. Uh, um, like you put shit. That prosthetic? Cut. No, that's like a fucking, like you cut off your leg and you got to put a prosthetic leg on. I really you know don't what? what you're saying. It's, we're going to move on. We're going to move on. You're going to remember like a half hour from now. I'm, I'm just going to shout it. Sextant <laughs> water, <laughs> water. Um, so that was the order. They had seven guys piled into this pickup truck. <laughs> Remember from the other guys, Dirty Mike and the Boys. <laughs> Dirty Mike and the Boys. Well, uh, actually, that kind of works here too. Dirty Mike and the Boys. <laughs> oh shit! I'm tangled up. Hold on, there we go. Um, um, <laughs> Dirty Mike and the Boys. I'm tangled up now. <laughs> They, they hit me in the feels. He got me <laughs> fucked. <laughs> oh, first episode 15. First time you have to wear glasses. <laughs> it's getting bad. <laughs> um, so, 610. <laughs> 610 indeed. At 610, they began their trek home. Shift is over. Yep. <laughs> I, love, I, always, I always love your, yep. <laughs> Motherfuckers making noises again. Yep, just move along. <laughs> what am I, I supposed to say? How you doing? Keep it moving. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! 
610, they start heading home. So at 610, they began their trek home. They drove north up the ridge road, ridge toward the rim road. <laughs> a fucking rim job there. It's <laughs> a fucking mouthful. <laughs> so they drove north up the ridge toward the rim road. Really? So, yeah. The rim road was the main road up and mm-hmm. down of uh, this, well, fuck this mountain, whatever it was, um, to get them to and from the town. So they were bouncing over the dirt mounds and other forest terrain, <laughs> the old pickup bottoming out from the uneven terrain. Off to the right, mm-hmm. Travis caught a glimpse of a bright light glimmering through the trees. Oh, Jeebus. That's what we call my buddy. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, not thinking twice for an instant. Not thinking twice for an instant, he thought it was the sun, but quickly realized that the sun had set a half hour prior. Mm-hmm. He thought maybe it was a glow from some hunters, fire or headlights. It was hunting Spotlighting season. Spotlighting. Or... Spotlighting, yeah. yep. But uh, he thought the other guys on the right of the truck might have seen it too because their jokes about the truck went quiet. They're all fucking horsing around talking about how shitty the truck was. And then everyone shut the fuck up. So he thought that they saw it too. Well, did they? Could it be? Um, (laughs) As they continued toward the brightness, they glimpsed it through the brush of the trees before coming to a clearing and seeing it closer and fully. So they just kept, as they were approaching to the right, it kind of was fading in and out of the tree lines. You know all this, but they don't know this. (laughs) Telling you. (laughs) Were you telling... All of us. Yes. Uh, Preach! And uh, so then they become up to, they came up to a clearing around some pine trees. Right. Some evergreens. And it was a big clearing. And there they saw it. What'd they see? <sighs> Tell them. Direct quote. Tell them. Son of a. Tell them. Alan started. What the hell was that? Travis asked. Travis could make out a glimmering yellow light through the tree, through the trees, pines, and other trees still fully blocking his sight. I wrote that like I was... <laughs> you were stroked out. It was probably like 2 in the morning. Yeah, it was. Um, That's when we do our golden research. The real good research. <laughs> um, Mike driving could not get a good angle to see what the spectacle unfolding to his right was. What do you guys see, he asked. I don't know, but it looked like a crashed plane hanging in the tree, Dwayne responded. I don't know, but I don't like it. toothless <laughs> <laughs> one button. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that for a second. I don't know. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I don't like it. Uh, uh, so pi- finally. <laughs> <laughs> finally, they passed the evergreen thicket blocking their sight, and they could finally see the source of the light completely. Travis says that suddenly we were electrified by the most awesome, incredible sight we had ever seen. We had seen in our entire lives. Direct quote from him. Stop, John cried out. Stop the truck. My God, Alan yelled. It's a flying saucer. No. Maybe. Could it be? The men on the left side adjusted to get a better view. Mike parked the truck and turned it off. Hovering around 20 foot above the ground was a golden disc. Silent. Mm -hmm. The silence was only broken by the men's heart pounding. Oh, that's... Never mind. If that's the way their heart sounds, they should go get looked at. They might have minutes. <laughs> Those fuckers are on borrowed time. We're all on borrowed time, Lennon. <laughs> they have minutes. <laughs> oh, God. Um, 
Hovering below the treetops, the lights emanating from the disc produced an eerie glow on its surroundings. Travis says in the book, he estimated the object to be an overall diameter of 15 or 20 feet. Mm-hmm. It was 8 or 10 feet thick. Mm-hmm. The flattened disc had a shape like two gigantic pie pans placed lip to lip with a small round bowl turned upside down on the top. Barely visible at our angle of sight, the white mm-hmm. dome peaked over the upper outline of the ship. We could see darker stripes of a dull silver sheen that divided the glowing areas into panel-like sections. The dim yellowish light given off by the surface had the luster of hot metal fresh from a blast furnace. Direct Um, quote from him. He also said in the Joe Rogan um, interview. Experience. Yeah, Joe Rogan experience interview. He also said that the just... Fumble! God, I thought it was a full can. Four K. Now he said in the Joe Rogan Experience um, interview that the description that Bob Lazar gave, yes, um, but it was the exact same thing he saw. But there spot is a on. spot on. But there is, and you can look this up. Ah, fuck, I forgot the actual like um, name of the company. But Locked a company in. did a uh, made a model that you could actually build way oh, back when yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they did a model of the flying saucer from area 51 s4 mm. and it's the exact he said it's it's basically what he saw yeah it's the closest thing to what it looked like and i know i showed you the picture of it mm-hmm. hold on i might actually have it on my phone listeners if you'd like to purchase it make sure you shell out 280 dollars yep it is called it is called UFO S4 Area 51 Bob Bob Lazar Revealed UFO Model. Go check that out. It's only $279, or you can probably find it for more on eBay if you'd like. There you go. But that's that's what it looks like. That's cool as shit. I do. Like I that. mean, everything you just described is kind of what this looks like. <laughs> right. Um, so there were no visible panels, hatches, or windows that he could see. He remarked that it looked dead in the air. As he was taking it all in, he said he had the urge to see it up close, not wanting to miss the opportunity of a lifetime to satisfy his curiosity. He got out of the truck to approach it, not listening to the men yelling at him from the pickup truck to stop. Get back here! What are you doing? Exactly what they said. Fucking idiot, we should leave him. They didn't say that. (laughs) They didn't say that, no. Uh, He slowly started to trek across the landscape toward the craft, crouching and quietly walking. Halfway, he had a sober moment of realization of what the fuck he was doing. He said, what if someone's inside, he thought, but pushed it out with justification of, I can always just run away. Hmm. He also was looking back at everyone in the truck like, what are you doing? (laughs) 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 uh, So he continued ahead, finally coming to what he estimated as six foot from being directly below it. Mm -hmm. At this point, he was lit up from being bathed in the eerie yellow glow. Now looking up at the craft and all its glory and secrets, he was mesmerized. Direct quote from him, which is pretty cool. Yes. I had become aware of a barely audible sound coming from the ship. I could detect a strange blend of low and high-pitched mechanical sounds. Mm -hmm. There was intermittent... (laughs) I like you... (laughs) There was an intermittent high-piercing beeping points overlaid on the distant low rumbling sound of heavy machinery. 
The strange tones were so mixed that it was impossible to compare them to any sound I could remember ever hearing. Yeah, so what I saw him when he described the sound. Yeah. He was saying the low frequencies were more something you felt rather than heard. Right. And the high frequencies were basically something that you just almost heard inside your head mm-hmm. than actually audibly through your ears. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was very fascinating. It kind of sounds like... But low frequency that you can't really hear and feel. Yeah. Like infrasound. Oh. Could it be? Um, it's all coming together, folks. It's all coming together. Love we're it when putting a plan it together. Comes together. Uh, it was a UFO. We're breaking the lid off this bitch. <laughs> we're doing the research and we, we're educating your people. <laughs> educating. <laughs> but just then, as he was standing under there, underneath it, looking at it, just then the noises started amplifying the life. The disc took the on a slight wobble. And noises Travis heard now, the, the change noises, the noises he now heard he described as a multitude of turbine generators starting up, mm-hmm. which that would be fucking wild. Which he got scared. Like you just hear the... Yeah. Like, uh, startled with terror, he quickly ducked into a crouch when a sudden blue-green ducked ray... into a crouch? Yeah. A blue-green ray... Ha! We got you, Liar. <laughs> No joke, I'm okay. kidding. <laughs> if you ever listen to this, sir, we believe everything you say. <laughs> <laughs> we do, actually. But he doesn't really care about that. No. Regardless of where he was, then all of a sudden, a blue-green ray shot out for the third time <laughs> from the craft and struck him in his chest and his head. He described it as silent, but it felt like being hit with high-voltage electricity. Yeah. His mind went into unfeeling blackness. Yeah. Back at the truck, cleaning their pants, the men were screaming at Mike to get the fuck out of here, to which Mike said, way ahead of you, bitches. <laughs> he was already fumbling with the keys in the ignition to get the old truck moving on out. The men described seeing Travis being hit with the ray, lifted backward and upward, back arched, limbs outstretched, and he got flung back 10 feet mm-hmm. to hit the ground with a thud. There he lay motionless. The men didn't know if he was alive or not. So at this point, they saw their friend just get fucking... Which they thought. ...lifted in the yep. air by a light and then yep. shot backwards, and he was just laying motionless. They thought he was dead. Yeah, so they, they just gone. Hightail it out um, of there, but... D- despite what some of the people in that group were saying about, we can't leave him, they ended yeah. up having to leave him. They made the judgment call. But also about the light, they... Um, each one, not each one, but the multiple members of the group described it differently mm-hmm. in their own way, I guess you could say. Uh, one said it looked like a foot-wide beam that hit him. That's Another said too. it looked like a long blue flame that hit him. Mm-hmm. Another even said it looked like a bolt of lightning. They, they all, though, basically said that the sound that it made was like a crackling noise, like a lightning mm-hmm. striking noise, which, again, now we bring us back to episode 12, Missing 411, the incident I covered with Tom Messick mm-hmm. and his friend saying that he heard a crackling sound, kind of like lightning, while they were in the woods, mm-hmm. and then Tom was gone mm-hmm. and disappeared. Now, could that correlate? Could mm-hmm. that have been a UFO thing? I mean, yeah. I know you would think they're only a hundred feet away. You should be able to see that, but yeah, maybe not. Maybe it's maybe it's like um, I know everyone thinks like a tractor beam type thing, where you always see the classic. Right. They pick up a cow with the fucking light, right? But maybe this isn't. Uh, it's obviously not that. Otherwise, they would have. He would have been gone. But right. maybe this is some kind of like. Um, Clearance tool? Uh, that or I'm thinking stun gun type deal. There's that, yeah. Because the way it looked, the way it sounds, that like what happened, mm-hmm. 
the way he described feeling, even afterwards, mm-hmm. it sounds like electricity. Yes. So I'm thinking just because of what I do. Right. Um, usually it looks, um, I mean, lightning's not yellow. You right. Know, not usually. Right. It's usually blue. Electricity's kind mm-hmm. of got like a, it's super bright, but, you know, you can see it with blue light. But right. um, I'm thinking it might be some kind of... Uh, type of stun gun type thing because it didn't kill him he did get electrocuted from all accounts but it did fuck him up though fucked him up which we'll talk about knocked later, him out you know i mean in a stun gun you, you get the right person you know it'll knock him out yeah yeah but he had a little more than just a stun that's true so we'll get it but before that like i was thinking maybe it was you know how and airplanes, they don't mm-hmm. want, obviously, birds going into the jet engine. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's some kind of clearance device that'll blast, like, maybe animals or something that are around away from them so it doesn't go into the propulsion system and fuck up their craft. Because it obviously wasn't a death ray. I mean, you know what I'm no, saying? It, it's not it. something that is going to obliterate someone. Right. It's not a tractor beam because this isn't a Star Trek. No. Of course, you don't really know how he got on the ship. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. If it's, uh, it could be similar to what we talk about later with his experiences, yeah. but yeah. So the men raced down the, uh, they raced ahead down the road about a quarter mile, hightailing it down the road for fear it was chasing them. Mike drove hastily over the terrain. Uh, he stopped a car to readjust his driving after a near miss with an obstacle that would have left them stranded with no truck. The men shouted and argued about what the fuck they had just seen and what to do from here. I think they were about a quarter to a mile away at this point. They still weren't at the rim road, but they were close. Right. The time to process and plead with Mike to keep going or to go back for Travis um, in this time. They came to the decision that those who wanted to stay behind would build a small fire and the rest would return to the truck and go back to Travis in the truck. So um, they started to get out of the truck, and as Mike was walking around the back of the truck to grab a gas can, he noticed a bright light in the outline of a camper ahead towards the rim road. The men uh, saw it too and shouted to chase them down for help. As they were about to enter the truck, because they were going to hop in the truck and chase down, as uh, they were about to enter the truck, Mike shouted, Do you see that? Mike said he saw the golden disc rise above the treetops, then shoot off to the northeast in an incredible speed with no sound. Yeah. They got into the truck and got to the rim road. They drove about a mile to a turnoff where they could head to town. Mike pulled over and stopped. He firmly said, this truck is going back. Anybody who doesn't want to come can get out right here and now and wait. We've been acting like a bunch of cowards. We're all scared. There's no denying that. But we've got to do what should have been done in the first place. Um, so the conversations ended right there with no more right. protest. The guys were like, all right, I guess you're right. Even if you didn't want to go, you're not going to be a coward and say so. Right. I, well, you're also driving, so you have control of the truck, and I don't want to stand by the side of the road with this UFO somewhere. <laughs> right. <laughs> so with the courage built up, they decided to turn the truck around to begin the drive back. Turn around every now and then. <laughs> oh, sorry. This uh, is your ad break. <laughs> so uh, they got off the rim road, got back onto the quote-unquote, road of a road that was just... The road road. <laughs> dirt <laughs> and mounds everywhere. Slowly approaching the site, which was confirmed by all parties, someone suggested directing the headlights into the clearing. Smart man. Smart, yes. They all got out and uh, stayed in the security of the headlights. 
Well, they only had one flashlight. Mike had the one flashlight, yeah. yeah. Uh, Mike said that they had to get out and look around a little farther. So the men exited the truck. I'm sorry. They looked from the truck with the headlights, saw nothing. Then Mike said they had to get out and look around. So the men exited the truck and began to survey the site of the spectacle they had just unfolded. They had just unfolded. Starting by the truck and the illumination of the headlights, slowly working out from there, Mike had the only flashlight. They analyzed everything, every dark shape and rock, nothing. No Travis and no evidence for what had just happened. The whole time they were calling out for him into the dark to silence. Travis. Yeah, if they were whispering, they did a piss poor job. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't want to yell and blow your ears and distract you, but apparently it still distracted you. You know, now you lost your spot again. No, I got it right here. (laughs) Right here. No. (laughs) Mike became overcome with his emotions. Um, He, for a minute, apart from everybody, had a a moment. um, The loss of his friend, because him and Mike were really good friends. Yeah. Um, He felt really guilty for driving away, even though he probably made the smart decision, um, to which Travis later even said, that he has no hard feelings for that, and he's glad they did because that was the smart and logical oh, yeah. thing to do. I got abducted. I want you to fucking run away, too. I don't want you to join me. Well, that'd be cool, though. <laughs> Would it, though? Well, it depends. If it goes like this story, sure. So he was having a moment. He composed himself, and then he rallied to the men, saying that we aren't finding anything out here. We're not doing any good. We should go. Never give up. Never surrender. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yep. I saw on the drive back, Ken said to the group... We know we're going to have to tell the authorities about this. Yes, they did. So they drove back to town. It was called Heber. Yep. Uh, when they got there, they found a payphone and they called the police to inform them that Travis had gone missing from what they could see and what they saw mm-hmm. and what they saw. Deputy <clears throat> <laughs> Sheriff Chuck Ellison answered the phone and it was about 7.30 p.m. when they called. Deputy Sheriff Chuck Ellison Later met with them in a nearby shopping center to hear what had happened to him and to the group, obviously. He said they were all distraught upon arrival and that if they were acting, they were they were awfully good at it. Mm-hmm. In other words, they're very convincing, you know, obviously distraught and crying and Yeah, this. look at this shit in my pants. You think I would do this for nothing? <laughs> I didn't wear my brown pants either. Ooh, Fuck. Deadpool. <laughs> yeah. After hearing the story and basically being told that, you know, their friend was shot by a UFO. <laughs> water. <laughs> water. Deputy Sheriff Chuck Ellison didn't believe their story at this point. Well, of course not. I mean, that is kind of a, my friend was shot by a UFO. What, what do you mean shot by a UFO? Like a blue fucking beam with bam. Right into his head and chest. He didn't. Yes. Yeah, he didn't yes. believe him. So Chuck Ellison then contacted his supervisor. His supervisor, get who a load of this shit <laughs> was it? Someone come over here and look at this. <laughs> who then told him to keep the crew in town until he could arrive with Officer Copeland to interview them. Oh, they brought in Copeland. They brought in Copeland. Oh, oh, oh man, I don't know who the fuck that is. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna go with it, but. <laughs> When the other officers arrived, different officers met with the crew to interview each of them separately. So a different officer interviewed each of them. Mike insisted that they (laughs) return to the scene of the crime immediately to try to pick up on Travis's scent with tracking dogs. But they, of course, didn't have tracking dogs that night. Of course. 
But they decided they were going to return to the scene to look for Mike, of course. Mm -hmm. Now, they're at the scene. There's no evidence to back up the claims, no body imprints from being tossed, nothing. Nothing. So, Which makes the officers suspicious of their story. What's up? Yes. I also think it's strange. Just This is not like... Uh, very tangible, but uh, police uh, police work wise, why would you bring the suspected um, uh, murderers back to the site so they can contaminate the site even further? Listen, this is a hokey pokey backwoods <laughs> fucking police it's... department. All right, they don't know what they're doing. I'm kidding. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, but at this point, I guess they're just trying to um, lend some credibility to their story, giving them the benefit of the doubt, baby. I, Hell if I know. Right? I don't know. So at the so like I said at the scene there was no um, no evidence. They had nothing. 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 They brought in volunteers to more thoroughly search the surrounding. Mm-hmm. What do we call that? Missing four hundred one number. Uh, Remember? A uh, missing person search. <laughs> grid search. Yeah. Uh, so they did a grid search basically for Travis. Mm-hmm. They didn't find a shred of evidence of him anywhere. Yep. And they were worried he would fall victim to hypothermia because he only was wearing um, a pair of jeans and a denim jacket. Mm-hmm. So it gets cold in Arizona. Oh, that's and the I, other thing. I'm sorry no. if I'm cutting you off. No. Um, Breach. <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> Tell me. Um, when they <clears throat> went back, they saw, like, no sign of, not obviously Travis. Yeah. But there was no burns. There Nothing. was no, yeah. the trees looked normal. Mm-hmm. There was no landing pad. Like imprints for like legs. There was right. nothing. Yeah. So that was the other thing too. While they're at the search, Mike and Sheriff Copeland decided to go tell Travis's mother about what had happened. When his mother heard what happened, she was obviously shocked, but she also asked Mike if any other anyone other than her and the police had heard the story. Sheriff Copeland thought this was very weird of a question to ask, and it intensified the feeling that something other than what was said had happened. So he's, he's definitely not believing the story now. Travis' mother then called her second oldest child, that's Travis's brother, Dwayne, and told him the news about Travis. Dwayne immediately started heading towards Snowflake. Remember, that's their hope now. On the morning of November 6th, after, the, after an intensive search for the area surrounding where Travis was last seen, they didn't find any trace. This made the police question what had really happened and started to suspect foul play from the other members of the group. Yeah. When Dwayne, when Dwayne got there on Saturday, November 8th in the morning, he was pissed that nobody was out searching for his brother anymore. And he went to, or he wanted to get back to searching for his brother. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you search for what, one day? And you're like, ah, no, nothing. Let's go back to normal business as usual. Real quick, speaking about uh, the brothers. He had another brother, Don, who was health yes. searching. Yes. And he said that there was a guy out there with a Geiger counter. Yes. And he was the only person who saw the readings on the Geiger counter besides the guy with it. Now, Nobody hold on. else was made present to this. First off, tell people what Geiger counter is that don't know what a Geiger counter is. A Geiger counter counts Geigers. No. It measures <laughs> radiation. One Geiger, two Geiger, three Geiger, four Geiger, five Geiger, six Geiger, seven Geiger, more Geiger. <laughs> Yep. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> radiation. Yes. Yeah, it measures radiation. Well, what did the results? Uh, he said the uh, readings. I mean, were high, very high. Yeah, like uh, something just was there that had radiation awesome. spewing all over the place. Could it be? That will come into play um, in some of the after stuff that we talk about too. Cool. I look forward to it. So 
back to Dwayne, he went over to the sheriff's office and asked why nobody was searching for Travis. And by that afternoon, they were all back searching for Travis. Yeah, this guy gets shit done. I like Dwayne. This motherfucker doesn't take shit from no one. Now, because of all the press that this was getting at this point, this brought a ton of attention to the people at the location. Mm-hmm. Or at the people, sorry. ton of attention and people to the location. Yes. One of which was Phoenix ufologist Fred Calvanus, who then asked interview Mike and Dwayne about Travis's experience or disappearance. It was all recorded. Mm-hmm. Now, I looked for this recording. Mm-hmm. Couldn't find it. Meanwhile, the police were interviewing, more like interrogating, yeah, uh, Travis's fuckers. mother, uh, trying to get the truth out of her and asking the same questions over and over and over. And they do this um, because they didn't believe her story. And when they ask the same question over, they're trying to see if you change any details right. or if you stick to your story and, and catch you in a lie or something. Yeah. When Dwayne got home, he was pissed. Understandably, uh, he's been pissed a lot this day. <laughs> this mother- he was pissed again. <laughs> God damn it! Again, he's home for Christmas. He was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> he was just the angry little guy. So he was pissed at uh, how they were treating his mother. Yep, and told them to leave, and that they were not welcome there unless they had something new to ask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, he, like I said, get shit done. Gets I don't really know how that works. This. These policemen must not have any balls because I'm pretty sure you can't have, you know, you got a policeman here interviewing you. And I say, hey, stop asking them questions. Get the fuck out of here. They're like, all right, well, I guess we're going to go now. Can he do that? I think he can. Okay. All right. See you later. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's like, sir, you're being aggressive. Go in the other. We will arrest you. I know. This is is some bitch-ass policeman. Ooh. Ah. Guess who lost their spot? Not I. So this is, like I said, a common tactic to, <laughs> to see if they slip up and tell the same story over and over. <laughs> cream of the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> the cream always rises to the top. Um, so R. now, was it? It's an R.I.P. legend. Oh, I love that guy. I got you for three minutes of playtime. <laughs> so Monday... Monday morning, that is November 10th. Now we're getting to the fifth day of yeah. being missing, uh-huh. which I will pick up my story after. Um, Monday. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was trying to think how I wanted to say that, and it didn't work. So I'm just going to go with... <laughs> like a little monkey. <laughs> so Monday morning, yep. November 10th. Yes. Mike and the crew. Mike and the crew. It sounded like, <laughs> Mike it and sound the like boys. a posse. I like how I wrote that. Mike and the boys. <laughs> Walking around town. What the fuck you looking at? Sorry. Mike and the crew were then asked to take polygraph tests administered by Cy Gleason. That's a name. That's a name. I don't even know how to spell it. P.S.Y. I don't know. Cy. What you did. Yep. Cy Gleason. Yeah. They questioned them about the incident, asking if any of the men, well, I really did click there, asking if any of the men hurt Travis themselves and where the body was buried. They all insisted that their story was true and that, it was a UFO. They saw a UFO and it yeah. lasted. I mean, the whole story was true. Only Alan Dallas, this motherfucker, results were inconclusive. Hold on. Yo, yo. Okay, real quick, though. Side tangent. Something that you just 
made me remember from watching the documentary. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. When they had the the boys mm-hmm. out searching with the search party. Yes, sir. Um, one of them, I can't remember which one now. Alan. Said, no, no, no. <laughs> said <laughs> that he was searching with a deputy. Yes. And they had a deputy with each one of them yes. while they were searching. And they had them separate, hoping that one of them would stumble and f- fuck up and tell them. Or, you know, go, yeah, exactly reveal something, but um, he said the one deputy, this guy, he said the deputy was like real irritated, and he looked at him and he said, you know, if you just tell us where the body is, this can all be over, we can go home. And he's like, he was pissed that he was saying that, which rightfully so, if you, of course. So that was something I remembered, motherfucker. Um, I didn't, we didn't do it. Yeah, um, the polygraphs. I'm sorry if I'm stepping on your Please, toes. On tell this. me. Um, but uh, they were saying that they asked the same question, series of questions, three times. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. So I didn't know if you were going to say that. Nope, I wasn't. Go ahead. Keep but telling yeah. Keep telling So that's, that's how they did these polygraphs is they do yes. um, same questions three times. You basically do the test three times. And uh, I think Mike was saying that at the end, he was talking to the guy who administered him, and he said off the record, he goes, I wholeheartedly believe your guys' story. Yep. You guys were telling the truth with this. Yeah, um, I didn't write any of this down, but yeah, I, I did. You yeah. do you have? Are you gonna tell how, what what happened with Alan Dallas's? I I'm not. I just was gonna say that it was inconclusive, and they suspected him to be a foul play because he was aggressive and also had a fight with do Travis want, before the incident. Do you want to know why it was inconclusive? Tell me why. Like I said, they do the test three times. Yes, sir. He passed the first two rounds. <clears throat> the third one, yes, he took uh, off the stuff too early. Because he was pissed. He wanted to get the fuck out of there. Gotcha. So he took the stuff off too early, and it gave him a warrant to say that that was inconclusive. I did not read that or hear that. That's That makes a lot of sense, though. That's why it was inconclusive. So he passed two rounds of it, but was so frustrated he wanted to get the fuck out of there and took the stuff off too early. He was an impatient, aggressive man, and that showed that. It tracks. But don't forget, polygraph tests aren't 100% accurate, too. You no. might be nervous. You might be scared. You might like, There's a lot of factors that could yeah. fuck with the test results. Well, this was also new technology at the time. True. That's too, too. I'm glad I didn't have to have a polygraph test when I threw that stone. So <laughs> I was cool and calm and collected for about 30 seconds, and I was like, I can't, I can't even do this anymore. <laughs> Meanwhile, Travis is having a wonderful, therapeutic, healing five-day retreat while his friends and family are getting harassed and interrogated. Yes. Ed. Every year, millions of Sasquatches are needlessly ripped from their hovel and thrown into secret captivity, or worse, the long sleep. But we have a chance to change the lives of the Sasquatch community. So listeners, we urge you to do the right thing. For a small financial donation a month via our Patreon, you could help to grow the world's number one free-range Sasquatch sanctuary by supporting our podcast. Our friend Little Squatch is so happy at his new home since we rescued him from Yosemite National Park. With your help, he could be reunited with his family in his new home. If you can't afford a donation, please help get the good word out and give us a five-star rating and tell a friend. Every thought counts, but money counts more. As little as five... Keep a squatch alive. Thank you. So, Travis. Yes. Got some crazy shit to this poor bastard. Well, 
Yes, very crazy. I guess not anymore. No, this is normal now. <laughs> Haven't you been abducted yet? <laughs> so Travis awoke slowly. He was fighting his eyelids to stay open. He was fighting the unconsciousness returning. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had one thought and feeling when he woke up, an overwhelming amount of pain. The incredible pain he described as a feeling of a mortal wound. He yeah. felt, what? I just said, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, he felt badly burned all over, even on the inside. The thought of moving made him fear he would pass out again from the excruciating pain. Again, the the, the yeah. burningness inside and out makes me kind of think type of electricity. Of course. Coming to the realization he was laying down, his mouth was dry, mixed with a metallic taste, and he was extremely thirsty. Isn't that also with electrocution too? Don't you get like a metallic taste in your mouth? Um, Lightning strikes or something like that? I've heard so. that from somewhere. I think so. I've, only, I've only been a little zapped before. You've never had an actual like... Not knock on wood. <laughs> I I don't want you to. <laughs> then you're out of a. This bi- is a one man show now. You're out of a business partner. Um. So as he had, uh, like I said, he th- realized he was laying down. As he adjusted to his state, his eyes shifting in and out. I wrote shitting. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that before. His eyes shifting in and out of focus. He could make out a light source above him. It was a rectangle light that sat lower than the metallic ceiling above it. As he started to look at the ceiling more, he figured that from the his distance from it must have meant that he was laying down on a raised table. The hard surface couldn't have been a soft bed of any kind. Peering across the ceiling, he noticed the oddity it held. It was triangular. It was smaller at one end than the larger end on the side of his feet. He had a feeling of vertigo growing inside, and he was trying to remember what happened, believing himself to be hurt. He didn't remember what happened before. Ah, oh, my leg. But obviously he knows he's hurt. Yeah. You feel it. Yeah. Couldn't breathe. So he pieced together the events before he blacked out. <laughs> Just, <laughs> Just keep going. <laughs> uh, he pieced together the events before he blacked out. Standing in the clearing, looking up at the ship before being hit by the light. He figured he must be in a hospital. The men must have taken him there after he blacked out. It was also muggy and hot in the room. He had sweat pouring down his head. Wow, these aliens need a specific climate. Apparently. I don't know this for a fact. Muggy, hot, and damp. But I am an alien. Ooh. I shapeshift. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so he was sweating when he realized he still had his jacket on. How badly was he injured that the doctors would have left his jacket on and not removed it, he wondered. He also noticed that his boots and all of their clothing were on, too. So he was kind of concerned for how bad he must have been hurt if they didn't take the time to... Right. Undress him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, as he tried to sit up, he felt something pressing against his chest. Looking down at his shirt and jacket, he realized they were pushed up to his shoulder, and a gray metallic shape sat over his bare chest and stomach and curved around his ribs. Um, while he was studying the device, he noticed that the doctors, he noticed the doctor standing beside him with what he described as wearing white masks and caps. They were wearing an unusual orange-colored surgical gowns. I could not make out their faces clearly, he said. Uh, but they had orange masks and caps on. <laughs> Must have been big caps. <laughs> Did they have orange caps? I thought they said clothes. Like the the, orange clothes. Had, yeah, I was white, about to say, white oh, yeah. masks yeah. and caps. 
Yeah, because I was about to say, I didn't think they were orange creatures. No, the orange shirt, orange shirt, here, yeah, as yeah, he okay. said. All right. <laughs> but in an instant, he realized what he was looking at. The doctors cleared in his vision to match his gaze, and he was staring into the eyes of a creature with large brown eyes the size of quarters, as he put it. Looking at them, he could count three. He swung his right arm out to hit them away. He managed to strike one, knocking it into the other one on his right side. Unusually easy. Very easy, he said. He said it was almost like batting a child. Right. But also, he said that he couldn't even swing very hard because of how weak he was. So he said it was more like a push. As he hit it, he can make out a soft sponginess, soft mm-hmm. sponginess of its small body. He jumped up off the table, causing the device on his chest to crash to the floor with... Lights glowing off of it underneath the table he was laying on. Son of a bitch. Yep. He remarked how he had no wires or tubes connected to him either. He fell back onto a table against the wall that was filled with utensils and tools. He was weak, his legs barely supporting him, with the table doing the majority of the heavy lifting. The three beatings beings started. <laughs> the three beatings started. <laughs> the first of the two beatings was the water beating. <laughs> it would go with the movie, all the fucking fake shit they did. Uh, yeah, it was good, though. It was wild shit. So the three beings ah. started to walk toward him with arms and hands outstretched. With arms wide open. <laughs> they were standing on a cliff, too. Yeah. So they didn't make a sound or move their lips in any way throughout the entirety of him seeing them. Their outstretched hands had five tiny long fingers that were devoid of nails. They stood upright just under five foot with a humanoid form of four... Four... Humanoid form of two arms and two legs. Four. That's why. <laughs> now it's funny. Um, just with a... They just... Small, under five foot, but with an enormous head and an incredibly large set Penis. of eyes. Oh, sorry. Or <laughs> <laughs> contract. Wow, look at that thing. Incredibly large eyes with brown, large irises. Their facial structure had a human organization, a sp- small oval nostrils for a nose, mm-hmm. and around the sides of its head of its heads were small wrinkled earlobes and a tiny mouth that bled into an equally small jaw. Right. They were hairless. They had white marshmallow-looking flesh, as he says. Sounds like an ex-girlfriend. Oh, goodness. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) Just just kidding. They wore an orangish-brown skin-tight jumpsuit that he couldn't make out any variations in the fabric, like a seam or buttons or zippers. They were fucking prisoners. Maybe. Orange jumpsuits. They escaped from the Oakland Alamo... The Oka Alamo. <laughs> the Oka Alamo. <laughs> Remember the, the Alamo. You know, the uh, maximum of maximum security prisons in the U.S., the Oka Alamo. <laughs> exactly. You don't know about it because it's so maximum that they don't tell you. Yep. Where are you going? Oka Alamo. Oh, the what? Oka you, Alamo. It's a new thing, uh, you know. <laughs> it's the cool thing. I'm now. real bad, you know. <laughs> so they were your typical great alien that everybody can picture in their head right now. Yes. He frantically reached for something, anything on the table, to use as a weapon. His hands grabbed a thin glass-like cylinder about 18 inches long. It's a big dildo. Jesus. How long (laughs) were you waiting on that one? (laughs) Um, He he was measuring it up, and he's 
<laughs> he definitely was. He sure was measuring it out. No, no, no. Uh, I can't satisfy these fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> no. He decided that it would not work as a club, so he beer bottled and smashed the end of it. Really? <laughs> he did, too. Oh, man. He smashed no. the end of it. Old Fred's dildo is broken. <laughs> Fud. I said Fred. Oh, Fud. He <laughs> said Fud. I'm like, what the fuck is Fud? <laughs> it's oh one of the greatest. I'm so late headed from laughing. Fud. <laughs> Fud, Spud, and Judd. <laughs> They're brothers. Oh, God. Anyway. Oh, man. That was my end. You just broke. Oh, so he's <laughs> his end. So he smashed it like a beer bottle. He's frantically <laughs> waving it in the air, shouting threats at them. All they can see is... Blah, 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 oh, blah. So while well, he's leaning against the table. <laughs> so he built up the energy and the courage to lunge at them, and he jumped at them. It just like a jump, not not a punk of out. Course. But he yeah, lunged at them. He face-planted. And they turned tail and promptly left the room, heading into the out the doorway. Shitting all the way. They oh, my like, God. Oh, my God. This guy... Has some moves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck, it's Chuck Norris. <laughs> so uh, they ran out the door and headed to the right out of the doorway into what he can see is a hallway. I'm just picturing these creatures runway. Sorry. <laughs> I know. In my, I can't like explain it's it, but like, I'm just like, like picturing a little it. kid just turning like. <laughs> <laughs> Expressionless, though. Yes. So he composed himself, surging with adrenaline. He looked around the room, pissed that the fight didn't happen. No, he wasn't pissed, but he looked around the room to be find British. a better. Well, he must be what? British. You know, they like to fight to break beer bottles. Like, ah, but a kick your. Where'd you go? What the fuck? Come on. <laughs> God damn it. I was ready. Uh, ah, he lost his spot. <laughs> <laughs> so he looked around the room to find, to find a better weapon for the return. <laughs> He searched the table full of unrecognizable instruments, some resembling those in a laboratory or doctor's office. Nothing useful to his fight, and he was too afraid to touch any of it, so he threw down the glass cylinder. And he decided that, uh, I'm going to get the fuck out of this room. Right. So Race to the door. Now faced with a dimly lit hallway with an unknown light source, he said the hallway just had a, a, a lit glow to it. Right. Didn't know where the light cool. was coming from. It is. We're coming up to one of my the coolest things I've ever heard in my life. But yeah. It just made me think of it. I didn't squeak. Oh. <laughs> He's like, oh. <laughs> it's so cute you think that. Oh, great. <laughs> so he looked to his right where the beings ran and saw no sign of them. Spud, Judd, and Fudd are gone. God damn it. We're about to get Billy, though. Oh, we're getting there. The path to the left was clear, and he decided to take that way. So he uh, started sprinting down it, and mm-hmm. he ran by um, an open doorway on the left. And uh, he just ran by it. He's like, fuck that room. And then he got a little bit past He goes, you know, that could have been, you know, the answer to my escape. Answer to so he decided to take the one up on the right a little more slowly and mm-hmm. precautiously. So he slowly approached it. Uh, the doorway was open. It was on the inside of this curved hallway. Mm-hmm. So the hallway's curving, as a UFO does. does. But this was on the right, so it was towards the inside of the ship. Can I say, now, the description of the UFO being about 15 to 20 diameter, diameters, diameters, Jesus Christ, 15 to 20 feet in diameter. Mm-hmm. This sounds like a lot bigger, though. We're getting there. And eight feet. We're getting there. Oh. This is a different craft. Don't spoil it for the listeners. I was just trying to go with it. 
Oh, I didn't know if you actually didn't know. <laughs> Go ahead. Proceed. So, good sir. You approach the open doorway. <laughs> oh, it's accent day. <laughs> so as he peered in before entering, Who? he saw a round room about 16 foot across with a dome ceiling about 10 foot high. He can make out the outlines of three closed doorways inside or what he thought they were doorways. It's just rectangles he could see. He gotcha. was like, it's got me a doorway. Yeah. Uh, the room was unoccupied, but there was one chair in the center of the room with its back facing him. That's for the game show host. Which door are you going to pick? <laughs> is it one? Is it two? Is it three? <laughs> one of them has a bear. One of them has a laser. The other one's freedom. Your choice. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah. One's got a rancor in it. <laughs> oh, goodness. So the back of the chair was facing him. He crept in. Cautiously, he approached the chair for fear of someone sitting in it. It was Dr. Evil stroking his cat. Oh, God. As he got closer, he confirmed <laughs> that it was empty. Do you know anything about this chair? Did he talk about it at all? In Not in the stuff? interviews I watched, so this is new to me. That the chair is new to you? The chair is new to me. Okay, this chair... If he made this up, this is ingenious mm-hmm. for the time. But this is one of the coolest things I could think of. This is just so cool. Well, I'll get to it. Yes. Yeah, you're building it up and watching it be very disappointed. I want to see what you think. It's a chair and it has, and get ready, ready, a, a toggle. <laughs> <laughs> you can flip and it up, you can flip it, it down, two you can flip pedals it left, you can flip at the right. floor. <laughs> one goes forward, one stops. No. So uh, as he got close to the chair, he confirmed it was empty. So glancing frequently at the doorway he came from, he observed the room around him. As he got closer to the chair, the room around him faded to black, with tiny dots of light becoming more prominent the darker it got. Mm. So as he gets closer to the chair, the whole room around him goes dark slowly gets darker and you see tiny dots of light which he That's says like, are stars yeah, but it's like stars like a navigation yes so he says but then you back away from it and it all fades out he said he likened it to how um the day fades into night but in a more extreme uh, time frame mm. where you can control it based how close to the chair, to the epicenter of the chair you are it's like an augmented reality yeah. the whole room around you fades out and you are the point in space it's really awesome, cool. Yeah. We're going to keep going on it. Um, no, I think we should stop right here. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening. <laughs> Check out next week. <laughs> Where we talk about this room. Yep, just the room. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> um, so as he stepped back, the room faded back into existence. The left arm of the chair had an oddly molded handle atop a lever, while the right side had a green screen with intersecting lines on it and 25 multicolored button buttons arranged in five rows one color for each row in an act of desper- desperation i like this he decided to push one of the green ones <laughs> got it <laughs> <laughs> what could this do and so uh he said when he pushed the green one the lines on the screen changed he pushed another green one and again the lines changed he just tried he just tried he decided to try another color but when he pushed it nothing happened at all no sound no nothing he tried this again a few different times. Nothing happened. Meanwhile, everybody on the ship is like, what the fuck? <laughs> Fucking AC's on. We can't do this shit. <laughs> Old Spud forgot his fucking jacket, and this asshole's turning the AC on. 
He's gonna die of hypothermia. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh, you did too, mud. Oh shit! Man, it's like a spirit box, like going through the stations. He just <laughs> goes through the stations and pissing them off. God damn it! God damn it! God damn it. Um, oh, now it's got opera on. I hate it. Oh yeah. So he sat down in the chair, noting how small the chair was for him. He grasped. It wasn't the lever. for him. It was for a little four foot nine ass. <laughs> yes, <laughs> this is good too. He grasped the lever and slowly eased it forward. Jesus at this point, Christ. right? He gets in this fuck thing. But at this point, he's sitting in the chair, and the mm-hmm. room around him's gone. He's in space, and it's which is still awesome. Yes, it's just augmented reality. It's like a mm-hmm. VR, mm-hmm. but you don't have to wear VR. It's, it's, it's like cool. a VR with holographs, right? No type of technology like this is really thought at the time in the 1970s if they made right. this up, you know. I mean, yeah, you could be like, yeah, well, everything's going to turn into this, but like, how fucking yeah, awesome would right? it be? Let's, hey, get on that, government. Or maybe you already actually have it and you just don't want to tell us. Right. Mm. So, things that make you say, hmm. Things that make you say, hmm. <laughs> so he grabbed the lever and slowly eased it forward. The stars around him started to move forward and he quickly brought the lever back to its original position and st- Star stop moving. Meanwhile, Spud is against the fucking wall. <laughs> imagine like, imagine there's like a sequence you got to turn on like gravity or something, right? And you just didn't do that. Guys, take the shit out of the toilet. <laughs> Whoa! Shit everywhere. Oh goodness! Back to it. So he figured, this is no bueno. I could crash if this is really flying and be fucked. So he got out of the chair and walked to one of the closed doorways to try and see how to open it. He tried to find a switch, symbols, writings, anything to get it open. He couldn't find anything to aid in opening the door. So he returned to the center of the room to the chair and thought about pushing some more buttons. This is fucking cool. Let's just go back to the center of the room. (laughs) He's going to go push buttons again. (laughs) Do, 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 do. I'm actually typing. I gotta yeah. stop that. I'm gonna screw up my story. As he was about to, he's, he's got his finger going. He's gonna push another button. As he was about to push a button, he's he heard a noise it. behind him. Oh, a sound! Oh. Don't touch that button. <laughs> no, it reminded me of Christmas Vacation. It's like a funny squeaky sound. <laughs> the squirrel. Um. So he heard the sound. He turned and saw standing in the open doorway a human, or so he thought. I mean, the man. There could be humanoid aliens out there. Well, right? I got a theory on all of this. We'll talk about it. Later. I like it. I like it. I like it. The I man, like it. Yep. The man, the man, as it was, was wearing a blue tight fitting suit with no markings on it of any kind. Except for holes where his nipples are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. And he had a big four on his chest. <laughs> Why is Mr. Fantastic's nipples hanging out? Oh, we like to milk him. <laughs> <laughs> we like to milk him. Uh, yeah, where, <laughs> where do you think we get rubber from? <laughs> oh, God. Christ. So he had a blue tight-fitting <laughs> suit with no markings of any kind. He had a helmet on and stood at around six foot two. He barely made it through the doorway. He had black boots on and had a black belt around his waist. He was well built too, right? Was, yes, yeah. he said that yeah. he was 
physically masculine. Well, Spud, Bud, and Fud all had fucking (laughs) madman coming at him. Like, we got to get someone bigger than him, stronger than him to take care of him. Something that looks like him because he's he's pissed. (laughs) God damn it. He better replace my goddamn dildo. That's that's unacceptable. (laughs) Unacceptable. It cost me $300. (laughs) I sat in the line for that. (laughs) I had to dress up like a mermaid. So, (laughs) back to it. Maybe. Travis ran up to him, screaming questions at him. The man was silent and just stared at him. He grabbed Travis by the arm and motioned for him to come this way. The man led him out of the doorway into the hall, guiding Travis by the arm. The man stopped and faced a wall. A door opened up and slid into the wall with no sign of triggering it to do so. He chose door three, by the way. It's the exit. It's the exit. Um, So the man, followed by Travis, entered a small metal room, and the door closed behind them. Uh, The room Travis described as being like a metal cubicle or a foyer. It was a tiny little room. He said it seemed more like another hallway. Foyer. Yeah. He said they waited in the room, silent, for around two minutes. Definitely sounds like a doctor's office. Yep. When on the opposite side of the wall, another door opened from it. Just then, a cool, fresh air crept into the quote-unquote airlock room, as he called it, mm-hmm. after this. Um, deeply inhaling the fresh air, he was enjoying the familiarity of it and putting aside his discomfort in the current situation. Oh, finally breathe again. He said, he said it was just yep. like spring air. It was mm-hmm. exactly refreshing and what you needed. They walked outside through the door, but to Travis' surprise, this wasn't outside, or at least the one he was hoping for. They did, he described walking down, descending down a narrow ramp, leaving the craft to ground level, and entered into a large quarter-cylinder room. Mm-hmm. This is a huge room, which it become, ends up becoming later a hangar that you find out. Right, with a bunch of crafts. Yes. Yep. So uh, the ceiling was lined with alternating stacks of rectangle lights, and uh, he could see other crafts of varying size parked in this. Parked in this, what I'm calling a hangar bay. I guess I did write that. <laughs> he Bravo, looked, good job. He looked back at the craft that he had just left. It looked different than the one he saw in the woods. This one was much larger and had a shiny brushed metal look to it. The guy, the guy, the man guided Travis to the far side of the bay where yet another magic door opened into the wall. <laughs> They entered into a hallway about six foot wide with a solid line of soft, diffused light for ceiling that was about eight foot tall. At the end of the 80-foot hallway was a set of double doors, much like the ones that were frequently walked past as they made their way down the hallway. They just kept walking by all these double doors to the farthest end of the hallway where they went through. When they got to the doors at the end, they opened to reveal an all-white room, 15-foot square with the same ceiling as the hall. It was equipped with a table and a chair and also three other humans. The Fantastic Four are complete. After one of them was a woman, wasn't it? Yes, they one was. The three humans all had on the same blue jumpsuit attire as the escorting man. Fuck's sake, it is the Fantastic the escorting man. <laughs> there were two males and one female. The men were very muscular and masculine looking, he described, while the woman had it going on. Oh, yeah? And apparently. Oh, man. And he said, what did he say? She was the epitome of what femininity is, or something like that, to oh, make women shit. all women jealous, or something like that. Yeah, I like it going on. Hey, can you abduct me? I want to meet this woman. Uh, the two, maybe not after this. Oh. The two men looked like they might share a family resemblance. He thought all of these humans, quote unquote humans, were all very similar in qualities. Their skin was smooth and free of any blemishes or moles, and they had no wrinkles or scars of any kind. They were just smooth, perfect skin. Beautiful genetics. 
Uh, that or Nutrigena. <clears throat> Get yours today. <laughs> Not a sponsor. Not um, at all. He began to barrage uh, them with his questions, to which, again, they had no reply. They just stared at him. And uh, he didn't say they stared at him angrily. They, he just said they just stared at him. Curiously. But, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and the woman and one of the men walked around the side of the table and grabbed Travis's arms, each grabbing an arm. Begrudgingly, he went with them with no protest at first because what other option did he have, he said. Back him and tag him. Yep. But when they walked over to him, walked him over to the table, they lifted him up onto the table by the arms with ease. And at this point, he's like, all right, something right. He goes, uh, he said he started to resist. Then all three of them began to push him down onto the table flat. As he was squirming and fighting, he noticed, uh, as he was squirming and fighting, it was then that he noticed the thing in the woman's hand. Uh Uh-oh. She had what looked to be an oxygen mask, like the clear soft one, you know, that Mm -hmm. goes through mouth and nose. Yes. Didn't have any tubes connected to it. Instead, on the backside attached was a small black sphere the size of a golf ball. That's pretty cool. She pressed it to his face, and he felt himself grow weaker and weaker till all there was was unfeeling blackness again. Oh, sorry. Yep. I I got knocked out. (laughs) That was the last thing he remembers before Travis woke up laying face down on a hard surface. His head on his right arm, he picked himself up by the arms. He pushed himself up a little bit to see the trees around him. He realized he was laying on the road. He could see the ship next to him, and it looked, and he looked quick enough just to catch what looked to be a door or a hatch closing. He said as he looked over, mm-hmm. a light went out real quick, like somebody flicked off a light. Oh, shit, he's awake! Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I think based off of what had happened before, it was probably just the hatch closing after they <laughs> threw him out the fucking thing. <laughs> they grabbed his pants, <laughs> they grabbed his shirt, and they just... One! <laughs> <laughs> throw him out. Tossed him. The craft was around 40 foot and took up the whole road hovering just a few feet above the pavement, the reflection of the road lines in its hull. Mm. Suddenly, it shot straight up into the night night sky. It made no noise and flew astonishingly fast with a quick breeze that shook all the trees around. He was blown away by the uh, fact that something traveling at that speed could make absolutely no noise at all. Which is common with common, um, yeah. UFO sightings. Yeah. Um, I felt very far away. Common with UFO sightings. There we go. Suddenly it shot straight up. Suddenly it shot straight up. <laughs> he stammered to his feet and realized that he knew where he was. He was on the road that led down the canyon toward Heber, near where he had gone missing. He uh, ran frantically down the road to the first building he can get to. Arms he- waving, legs flailing. <laughs> 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 they coming back. They coming back. All I can think of is uh um Kermit the Frog running. <laughs> <laughs> this poor man. Oh, stop it. He's oh, yeah. Yep. And <laughs> he's still alive. <laughs> no, I was Anyways. We're having a great time. We're not picking on him. He banged on the door and windows to no answer. None. So he kept going down the road, crossing a couple bridges, uh, till he got to a phone booth at the row of phone booths at the Exxon station. Uh, He called the operator and decided to call his sister, who was the only nearby relative with a phone. Yes. At 12.05 a.m., his brother-in-law, Grant, at his sister's house, Mm -hmm. answered the phone, and Travis began spewing out info at him. Yeah. Things like, they brought me back. 
and where he was taken. Grant, believing this to be a prank call, blew it off and was going to hang up, but stopped when Travis shouted that it was him. He goes, wait, no, no, this is Travis for real. So he still, uh, he, so he said, hang tight. We're going to, I'll come get you. Tell me where you are. I'll come get you. Got there quick. He did. Um, Travis, like, passed out at this moment, or right? He, shortly after the phone happened. call. Yeah. yeah, shortly after the phone call, when he, he just, like, slumped down and just passed out. Because it was, like, seconds he was later. in and out, yeah. yeah. Which um, I would, too. Yeah. Cool so, cool thing about that uh, call, though, is the operator actually was listening into the call from the phone booth and reported it to the sheriff, uh, which is, like, another another verification of... Didn't know that. Yeah, it was. It's another it's nosy, a recorded call. Nosy fuck. Well, it also verifies. It's a verifiable evidence. Like right? it happened. Thank you, nosy fuck. <laughs> so Grant, still believing this to possibly be a prank, um, probably decided that if it was legit, he couldn't let himself not check it out. Of course. So he went over to uh, Travis's mom's house, a few miles away, and uh, got Travis's brother Dwayne and told him about the call and took him with him. Yeah. Because Dwayne gets shit done. <laughs> he sure does, doesn't he? He does. And he was pissed about it, too. <laughs> God damn it, you woke me up. <laughs> Let's go get this shit done. <laughs> God damn it, let me put my pants on. Get shit done. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Upstate and chill. Get shit done. Um, So they drove the 30 miles towards Heber and found the phone booth with Travis hunched over, and it mm-hmm. pretty much passed out. They burst into the booth and helped Travis to his feet. They helped him into the warm truck where Travis tried to explain what happened to him but couldn't quite get the words out. Don't play. He's having a nervous breakdown. He, yeah, he kept trying to say things about what they were and what they did to him and what that, you know, yada, yada. And uh, um, he just couldn't get it all out or incoherently, you know. Um, just so you're okay, that's all that counts, Dwayne said. Everyone has been worried sick about you. If it's already after midnight, I must have been unconscious for a couple hours, I replied shakily, because I only remember about an hour or an hour and a half inside that thing. Dwayne and Grant looked at me strangely. Travis, feel your face, Dwayne said. Good hell, I just shaved this morning and it feels like a week's growth, I exclaimed, still not comprehending. Travis, Dwayne said gently, you've been missing for five days. It's, uh, yep. it's a hell of a story. Cray cray. This is some aftermath, and we're going to get into that. Um, we have the phone call that he made was quabwaited. Quabwaited. I said that on purpose. Yes, I know he did. But yeah. now, after he's returned back home, he's having a nervous breakdown. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, UFO investigator um, investigators encounter Travis's brother, Dwayne, at the site of the incident when they were all there, you know, looking at it, you know. Uh, oh, I forgot about something. Yeah. Um, so in the documentary, the guys uh, from his crew were saying how there were mysterious men in suits that were showing up with these uh, all-black cars. They were showing up, and they had interest in the investigation. And he said that uh, the one guy, I think it was, I think Mike, said that um, um, he would go somewhere, mm-hmm. and their cars would be there before he got there, and they would just watch him. Sounds like a classic pen in black. Yes. So I forgot to mention that. I just wanted to throw that in there. No, that's perfect. I mean, this one was UFO investigators encountered Travis's brother at the site of the incident and told him that if Travis ever returned mm-hmm. to call them. Yep. We have people that know how to handle this type of incident. 
people that can do the medical required and the hypnosis properly. Yeah. So APRO. Which is the Aerial Phenomenon Research Organization. Yes. They are uh, They are uh, Phoenix, Arizona-based mm-hmm. um, research organization. They're led by Jim and Coral Lorenzen at the time. Jim Bob. Yeah, Bob. Um, well, they're not around anymore. They were replaced by MUFON. Yes. MUFON was around at this point, but they weren't as big. We should become members of MUFON. We can. Okay. But first. But first. Let's get through the story. Word from our sponsor. <laughs> no. Um, the thing was uh, they sent people to check out Travis and then ordered more tests. Gotcha. Which were MRI, EKG, blood tests. So yeah. On. But what about APRO? APRO. Talk about it. Tell them. APRO. Tell them. Um, as you said, they had reached out to Dwayne while the he Rock. was missing and uh, Dwayne Walton. <laughs> Both of them, a small child, the rock. <laughs> oh, they knew he was going to be a star yes. and a hustler and just a motherfucking beast. B.A. Yeah. Badass, yeah. Yeah. Uh, when Travis returned, de- determined to keep him from public scrutiny, Dwayne called them. APRO worked very closely with distinguished doctors and scientists who are respected in their field. That way they can bring an unbiased professional into the investigation. Of course, yeah. So, um, so Dwayne arranged with Jim Lorenzen, like I said, the uh, one of the runners. Owners. Know, owners. Bosses. Bosses. CEO. Yep. Top dog. Marketing executive. <laughs> Fucking top dollar, baby. Uh, he arranged with him to have Travis examined by a few of the doctors that were working in the Phoenix area. That yes. worked with them. APRO arranged for Travis to have a hotel room waiting for him in Phoenix so Dwayne snuck him out of town in the middle of the night, and they checked him into the hotel under a fake name. All secrecy type stuff. Just like you would when you're a celebrity almost. Yeah. So. Ooh. Are we getting into the hypnotism? Getting there, yeah. So the doctors uh, performed four medical tests on Travis, and he tried to tell them what he experienced, or at least what he remembered at the time. Gotcha. Are we there yet? Yes, we're there. <laughs> I was trying to act like a kid, sorry. I followed. <laughs> that tracked. That tracks. Um, so at the time of consulting with the doctors, he did not remember, nor did he really want to remember. He had a fear of remembering what happened to him. Um, so they decided to try a new controversial technique test called hypnotic regression. That's right. Which we all know nowadays is a very uh, useful tool for a lot of this kind of stuff. Because lot, your brain... Of any of this stuff, yeah. Not just like... Not paranormal or some kind of... It's used Anything. for a lot of things. Because yeah. your brain trauma. actually... Yes, trauma. Thank you. Because your brain actually, on its own, blocks out stuff to protect itself. It's a fucking fascinating and amazing thing Computer. we have Like, the, the, the amount of shit we can do with our... The amount of shit our brain can do... Right. ...is so mind-blowing, no pun intended. Exactly. That I think we're only using, what, 10% of the capacity of our brain or 15... I can't remember what... The, this is not part of the research, Still, so it's yes. not an actual statistic, but it's like a tiny portion of the capability right. that our brain has. Anyway, I know that's a side tangent. I just find that fascinating. That Kind of it, leading back to what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Um, you ever seen the movie Lucy with Scarlett Johansson? Yes, I have. Yeah, good shit. But it's just... It is my chair. It is one fascinating thing that, like... It is. Could cool. someday we be able to... Us, you know, like us right now, be able to talk telepathically, right? Which would negate the reason to have any kind of facial expressions or emotions. Yeah, <laughs> which would be the emotionless. Great, you would see in in the great well the Nordics that were on the ship with them too. Well, we're getting there. That's my theory. 
And it sounds like not just mine, which makes sense. We'll talk about it. But they decided to do the hypnotic regression. Um, a man named Dr. Sorry. A man named Dr. James Harder. I love that name. <laughs> oh, Harder, Harder. Jim Harder uh, would conduct the session from and for APRO. It was during this session conducted by Dr. Jim Harder mm-hmm. that Travis remembered all the details and um, his experience that I had talked about before. Yeah. So, as you said, that uh, operator. 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 Yes, sir. Uh, contacted the sheriff's department yes, and sir. leaked the information. But also, the news media picked up on all of this, yes, hence the reason why all the secrecy. At the time, Dwayne was uh, acting as the family spokesperson, spokesperson yeah, because yeah. he gets shit done. And he's he does. Pissed. <laughs> God damn it, people. Leave it fuck alone. So they uh, were hiding. That's my family. <laughs> so Travis was hiding out in the Phoenix hotel room for a little bit. Don't know how long. But the media was picking up on all this stuff, and it wasn't too long before... Well, it happened right from the get-go, but right. it's bound to happen. Everyone started to disbelieve and think it was um, Skeptics, it was of course, yeah. hoax. They say we're they were under drugs. Universe, yeah. you know? well, they were on drugs, but you don't have seven people hallucinate the exact same fucking thing, right? right? I just and, saw that type of shit. Exactly. And, and he had a blood test done. He did. What were the results of that blood test? Not a single drug found in his system. Hmm. Weird. So... Did you know? A little fun fact of the hypnosis, though. Ooh, I'm excited. So the prelim- preliminary relaxation techniques they, they do prior to the hypnot- hypnosis uh-huh. helped ease his nervous breakdown. Okay. That's just a little fact. I, just, I like I it. Like, I like that it kind of eased him, um, helped out with his nervous breakdown. Yes. It's kind of a cool little thing. Like It is. I was kind of nervous where you're going with the relaxation technique. Oh, why? Uh. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to do it on you. I know you weren't. I was wondering what it would have been. I don't know what it would have been. <laughs> there, are, there are many forms of relaxation techniques that us males can do. I was not talking about anything other than, uh, I don't know. I think Lamothe's somebody, I think, breathing. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just breathing. It's stuff I do as well, you know, when I'm feeling overwhelmed or anxious yeah. or pissed off or there's a lot of my mind or, you know. Actually, we're humans. We have sadness sometimes. Another thing. Now, this is nothing to do with the the um, hypnosis, but yes. from what I read, and I might be wrong, but the National Enquirer was also in on, it, like in the uh, in the mix of the people. Yes, the they were they were listening because this something the news went international. Yes, but they were a part of the the test or the hypnot- like they weren't a part of it as they, as paid. they were, but they financed it. They bankrolled it. Um, One of the tests in exchange for the story. So they yes. said, we'll pay for the, I, I can't remember what it, it was. It was the lie detector test. It was something. Either way, they paid for it in exchange for the story, which, of course, I would gladly give too. Now, National Enquirer isn't really the one I'd want covering my story. It's a little longer. Yeah. Yeah. But and either way. and to help. It didn't. And, and they won an award for the best UFO case of the year, which gave them $5,000, which also doesn't help their case. It Again, it's shit that I would have also said yes to. Like I would have, yeah. I, I, everybody criticizing him for doing that and criticizing them, I think, are idiots. Because wouldn't you? Like, I mean, if you're going to share your story. Right. Anyways, I would also, if I was in his situation, I would yeah. definitely take all that. 
it's one thing to have them pay for your test. It's not like they're going to one of the members, you know, we're not going to mention names, and saying, if you, CIA this is, theoretically, of course, if you say that this didn't happen and discredit everything, we'll give you $10,000. That never happened. Of course not. Right. Disinformation. Yes. Um, in fact, that was something that he did say. That was in the Joe Rogan thing. Go check uh, that interview out. It's like two hours long, but it's it's really fascinating. Yeah, after you listen to this podcast. Well, we're almost done. So. And then come back and listen to another one from us. Of um, course. We do touch on some of the, a lot of the stuff that was talked in there. Almost everything, because it's his story. And he's... I've read and uh, listened and watched many different things about it, mm-hmm. and I've not heard his story waver once. Not. And... Uh, mm-hmm. Again, like we talked about it before, um, you don't fake something like this, especially at his age at 22, yeah. knowing that the whole rest of your life you're going to have public scrutiny about it. Right. You know? If it's yeah. one thing to say, like, I don't know, make up something like, I ate the most amount of chocolate cake in the world at one sitting. And it's like, wow, congratulations, you like sugar. Right. <laughs> it's another thing to say, like, I had the most incredible experience and from a controversial thing that half the people on this planet don't believe in. And I'm just going to get criticized and scrutinized for the rest of my life. Right. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't blame him for one day just being like, I'm fucking done with this. Right. Honestly. Right. So let's get into some more facts about facts, as Lena would say. Truth facts about truth facts. There you go. So Travis was interviewed at a local... At the location for the movie, I think, for the movie. Like, just trying to get his recount and all that. But it was during the middle of winter. Then Mike, who was uh, also being interviewed, he was the crew boss for To the Fire in the Sky. I don't know if it's the same Mike or if it's just the guy's name is Mike, coincidentally. Either way. Mike, Mike, Mike. Mike, Mike, Mike. What day is it? Mike. Sunday. Crew (laughs) Crew boss to the Fire in the Sky the next spring went back to the location and noticed that one tree at the edge of the clearing looked bigger than it ought to be. He took a core sample of the tree um, so he could see and counted back 13 to 15 years on the tree rings. Mm-hmm. And they were all much thicker than the past 84 years. On the, you know, it's, tree rings are years. Yeah. The past 84 years were all uniformed and the same. And all of a sudden, 13, 15 years, which was the time frame after. Mm-hmm. The incident were much thicker. Okay, all the rings prior were uniform. Suddenly, they got thicker. I I just read that. Damn, boy, shit thick. God, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> so multiple years later, they went back to this to get more readings. Oh. And because of the forest fires that were in the area, they were cleared to actually get cross-section of the trees in the clearing, along the clearing. Yep. All right. And they found that all the rings... Only on the side of the tree that the craft UFO was um, were all thicker. So it's like the craft was on the left side of the tree, for example, and only that side had thicker growth than the right side. So it was just kind of growing towards where the craft was over over the years, but Mm -hmm. it was faster. Right. Now let's get into former FBI agent Ben Hansen. Yes. He He did further study and research on this, and he found that the pine trees around the Chernobyl nuclear accident had experienced a similar growth spurt but because of the radiation from that nuclear fallout was you know it rained down yeah it, it was, wasn't just on one side it was a full it effect. was a full yeah the whole tree grew 
and it wasn't just on one side. But this just proves, or that just, uh, I guess you could say prove, yeah. prove that radiation expedites the tree's growth instead mm-hmm. of killing said tree, which has been proven over the years too. Um, I don't know if it's specific brands, brands, specific plants, <laughs> <laughs> brand, my bad. Oh, uh, shit. I just, I found that very fascinating and I got a little accent going right there, but that just also lends credibility to radiation. Like you talked about the Geiger earlier. Yeah. Geiger Peter. Counter. Yeah. Thank you. Another thing to the radiation thing is what is when uh, Travis left the vehicle in haste. The yes. person, I forgot who you said was riding bitch, but the one next he to was. him. No, he was. No, he was the person in the middle. Oh, Kenneth. Kenneth, okay. Maybe it was him. He didn't say a name, but the person in the middle that when he left was now closest to the open door. He experienced and got skin cancer on his right forearm, which was the side where the door was open. So uh-huh. could that have been the same thing? Don't know. Could, could it have be. been because of the song? Don't know. But ancient ass, you're not theorists, believe. Wait, 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 because of the song. I meant to say son. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, what song? What song causes cancer? I, I don't want to sing it because I don't want us to have cancer. Jeez. <laughs> you know? So here's another fun fact. Truth fact about truth facts. Truth fact about truth facts. He found out that the area, that the area that the incident happened, has the highest quantity of lightning strikes except for the Everglades. In the continental U.S., does this explain why they were there? Were they looking for this crystal? So, unnatural crystals called fulgurite, where millions of volts hit the ground, Mm -hmm. and they form these crystals that aren't naturally formed. Mm -hmm. And fulgurite has certain, like, therapy properties. and If you're into crystals. If you're into crystals, yeah. Now, I didn't get too much in-depth into fulgurite, so I don't know all the properties, all the... Uh, special qualities, but maybe there's yeah. something in it for, I don't know, fuel, and maybe this was, something in it for their tools, whatever. Maybe it was the d- crystal dildo. I have no clue. <laughs> and this was something that he was thinking too, right? Yeah. From it, the interview I'd Exactly. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, but it's still pretty cool. As a is, theory yeah. of possibility. Hey, Jamie, that. can you go look that up? He gets the reference now. <laughs> I can. I watched the whole thing. And that was one of the things he said. Jamie, can you pull that See, up? See, he does that all the time. Yeah. We need a Jamie. <laughs> Maybe we that do. could be Orion's job. Well, let's let's just keep growing first. Well, we're not thank paying you. them. Thank you, everybody that listens, subscribes, follows, and shares. Like, really do appreciate it. So now, anyway, next, you passed five polygraph tests. Sure, fucking did all of them. That is seven people that have passed the polygraph test. Like, at what point? That would be in a criminal case. That would be. He's guilty. You know, f- well, yeah, six yeah, witnesses, yeah. Yep. and they all pass polygraph test. Like, yeah, guilty. Yeah. So, anyways, over the years, I mean, he's had a just a couple of years, two, three, two, three, four, forty-five years to reflect on it. He mm-hmm. believes that this was all a peaceful um, misunderstanding. Uh, yes, and they didn't intend to harm him, and it started because of a foolish move on his part to get a closer look at the craft. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, what happened happened. He got struck by something. So they took him on board to correct a mistake. You know, they mistakenly shot him with something or, or whatever the energy from the craft happened. Mistakenly hit him, fucked him up. So they took him on board to heal oh him. God. And um, it even surprised them. Like, they didn't expect that. So yeah. it was just like, oh, shit, let's take this person. Let's heal him. Maybe he has radiation burns. Maybe, you know, physical, whatever it was, maybe they had the means to... to 
help him. Mm-hmm. And one thing that leads, led him to believe this was that he believed the repairs were not fully complete and that the initial EEG brain scan showed an unusual pattern mm-hmm. in the brain that mm-hmm. wasn't there years later. So really? it just, yep, it wasn't there years later. And um, no explanation. I, I, he, I don't know what the the unusual pattern was, but it's, he doesn't even know. Yeah. But he, he says um, he was wondering if it was similar to, like, someone that's been severely electrocuted or hit by lightning. Like, would they have that same mm-hmm. pattern in an e- EKG? I'm getting all clamped. <laughs> <laughs> so that, amongst yourselves. <laughs> so, yeah, that was his, that's his theory. Like, he th- believes they're peaceful. He doesn't sure. believe they're malicious or... Chair, I swear. I, I know. You keep it in the bed. Which really doesn't sound good. <laughs> we have a table in the second bedroom next to the bed. Yeah, they've seen the pictures if they follow us on Twitter and fa- fade, yeah, Facebook. And, and Fade 8. All of <laughs> and that is the story of Travis Walton and his abduction. You don't have any theories? I thought that was a story. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. we were like, wrap it up, outro. <laughs> 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 no, I'm just saying that was the story. That was... So what is your thought, Lennon? Thoughts. Yeah. Like, what do, you, what do you think? Where do you go with this? Do you believe the story? All those things. Tell me. Um, Tell me. Yes, I believe the story. Tell me. So I think, like him, yes, it was probably uh, an accident. I agree. Yep. Maybe the takeoff procedure. Mm-hmm. Now, thinking from an electrician standpoint. Yes. Uh, things uh, uh, conduct... Uh, not conduct. Um, things can have a higher... Conductivity to electricity than other things. Gotcha. So humans are one of them. Well, if you're, yeah. So, (laughs) well, if you, yeah. (laughs) So maybe part of the ship's takeoff procedure and mechanics uh, was to electrify the area around. Right. Who knows why they were there? Maybe they're there for what he's thinking. Yeah. Now maybe they didn't see him there Mm -hmm. or something. Maybe uh, uh, he got hit by. Maybe electricity doesn't shoot out of it, mm-hmm. but maybe he conducted and became a conduit for the electricity to reach out to. Fucked them up. And then, like he said, like you were talking, and they decided to fix their problem and make it, you know, they've grabbed him. And Mud, Spud, and Bud said, oh, shit. Yeah. We got to fix this. Uh, now, we'll talk about this in future episodes, but there's uh, supposedly many different types of alien races people see. Yes. Um, and there's a whole bunch of geopolitical standpoints with them uh, supposedly to war for earth type stuff um but among them you have what is called the nordics um mm-hmm. the nordics sexy are yes apparently mm-hmm. they look like tall humans they're jacked and they're very attractive this sounds like their description too of the fantastic four yeah. yes yeah so another th- popular thing with the aliens different races is that they say the greys are just like the worker class of aliens. They were just like engineered just to be like drones. They're bitches. Bitches, yeah. They're just bitches. Um, now, do you think that... I know we're going to get into the Grey episode someday. Yeah. But do you think the Greys are actual tangible beings? Yes. Robots? I think so. Mixture th- of both? Like, yeah. what do you think? I definitely think they are uh, tangible beings. I think they were created to be the... Not slave, but worker class... <laughs> Every time you talk, I can hear the rain in the background, but I don't know if it's coming through on the podcast. I don't know. I love it, though. Well, it's uh, nice and 
dark and stormy. Um, it was a dark and stormy we night. We got the disc golfing out of the way at the perfect time. Perfect. Perfect. So, yeah, I think that's probably what it was, that the Nordics were conducting something. Now, uh, not to say that the... Uh, well, not, to, not to say. The reptilians <laughs> are supposedly the evil ones. They say that, yeah. They say that. Yeah. So the Nordics are good, mm-hmm. according to everybody. Um, they help humanity, according to most accounts. So I, I don't think that if it was the Nordics, which it sounds like they were involved, they never actually harmed them, you know? No, they actually... The only I thing, think they healed them, like right, helped heal them. The only pain he had was from the original mm-hmm. hit. Original uh, hit and right after. Right. Um, now, when I've gotten zapped before by electricity. Not to this level. Because it happens. Yeah, of course. Um, In your job. Nothing crazy. But, uh, you know, if depending on how you get hit with it, mm-hmm. you know, your arm is sore. Say it's your hand. Your arm's a little sore. Right. Depending on how hard it is. And I got a buddy of mine who got hit. We call it hit. We got who got hit mm-hmm. by electricity really hard, and he said it felt like he got hit by a truck. <laughs> like he came okay. in because it hurt him really bad. So imagine that times multiple. Then right, right. I mean, people get struck by lightning. That's what they claim. You know, they got some wicked bruises and stuff. Right. That like outline, but who knows? So I think maybe it was an accident, like he thinks, and mm-hmm. that the Nordics helped him. I said, "Oh fuck, we gotta correct this." But I think. Those fucking crazy wonky uh, greys were the ones well, man. Because if it's only an eight-foot ship, I don't think they're having six-foot something being... I mean, there could no, be. No, because the greys could have been operating that ship. Yes. Doing whatever business they were doing. It's like rent, re- These greys... Rekasan. Re- yeah. Ah, Jesus Christ. Was Rekasan? It? What's the word? Reconnaissance? Reconnaissance. There you go. Ship, Recon. Right? Yeah. Yeah, something. Fuck the shit up. Shit the bed on it. Oh, they're going to be mad at Took us Took them back to the mothership. Or not the mothership, but the bigger ship that had yep. maybe a lieutenant or a general or such and such command of uh, the Nordics, who's in charge of maybe some of these people, took them to his ship. He took his ship to the fucking hangar bay docking station to fix him. And in doing yeah. that, it took five days to get out there and back, fixed them, brought them back, dropped them off. You're talking with your hands, and I love it. Because it's peacing. Peacing, baby. I got it. <laughs> Travis, what do you think of that? That's what I think. And I am agreeing with you. Perfect. Yeah, we don't have to go from... I mean, I kind of gave my standpoint and thought earlier, so I believe it's... Yeah, I like it. Guys, Travis, Walton, abduction. Let us know if you've been abducted and seen the Nordics. They look like us. But sexier. They look like me. They look like you. You know, um, in Prometheus? Yeah. Maybe it's like that with us. With the dude at the beginning. Drop. Anybody. Mic drop. But, hey. It was the Travis Walton abduction case. It was. Read his book, Fire in the Sky. Watch it's, some of the interviews. Watch the interviews, yes. There's a documentary just on Discovery Plus. Like I said, I watched Definitely. some stuff for that. It's pretty good. They got yeah. interviews with him, his wife, uh, most a bunch of the guys in the crew. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's good shit. It is. And before we head out in the outro, I want to say. I'm listening. Hit me with it. We only have... About six more weeks of the shirt yeah. being up. Yeah. Grab yours. Grab yours before it's gone because we're not going to keep it going. It's just a pre-sale. Yep. We're going to six take it down. Six weeks at after. this time. It's right. Six weeks at the time of this episode dropping. At the time of this episode dropping. We started it two weeks ago. Then do it. Listen, guys. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Go buy yours Get now. Get done. Rep the merch. Tell your friends. But Yeah. 
Guys, I also want to talk about the Patreon. What about it? Well, tell them. I'm telling them if I can. <laughs> <laughs> so we we tell you guys all the time to, to if you'd like to support us, um, check it out. But we got three different tiers that you guys can um, you know support us by. Uh, we've got the misunderstood poltergeist tier coming in at five dollars a month. It's like a cup of coffee or one gallon of gas. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> um, so you get with this tier, you get a new member shout out on episodes. You get access to a k- exclusive Q and A episodes. Yep. They also have access to uh, to talk to us because we're on Patreon. So they right. can they can message us. They can just speak directly to us. Speak directly at us to us. Um, and yeah, you, uh, everyone, if you join Patreon. You're going to get the exclusive Q&A episodes. So think of a question that you'd like to know about us, from us, our thoughts on something, any type of question. Jot it down. Write it in to us, and uh, when we get enough of them, we'll do an exclusive Q&A episode for you. The next step up is a $10 a month tier, two gallons of gas. (laughs) It's called the Tinfoil Hat Institution. So on top of the shout-outs and the Q&A episodes, you also get inclusions on loose, loose... Loose <laughs> inclusions on listener episodes, as well as a ten percent discount on merch. The last one is Mountain Devils. Goddamn Mountain Devils! There you go. You get all the stuff from the other two, as well as early access to episodes. You'll get those on Saturdays. Yes, you will. A whole bit early to listen two days on. Early. Our fifteen a month tier members are telling us that they love having that because they get they to listen are. to it before other people. As well as you're going to get exclusive merch. Now, yes, tell them about exclusive merch. If you're supporting the free-range Sasquatch reservation, mm-hmm. you're going to get some free-range Sasquatch merch. All 15 are high tier. Tier 3, always will get a t-shirt with it. Yep, tier 3, 15 for month, and you're basically paying for a $15 t-shirt. And that starts today, by the way. Yes. Yeah. So, check out the Patreon if you'd like to support us. But nonetheless, oh, another, pre- yeah. sorry, another thing on the merch, um, just in general. Yes. I know we've been talking about it, and I like the idea. I'm listening. We will have exclusive merch. Yes. Stuff that will not reoccur, like the- Limited runs. The shirts we're talking about right now, they'll reoccur over time. Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll have run a basic them. one. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but, but there will be exclusive- Designs. Exactly. Pat- not patterns, but, well, maybe. We'll see. But exclusive designs that you're only going to get a limited time to get. I would love to get one like of a cartoonist, me and you, and a Sasquatch. Should be cool. That would be cool, wouldn't it? Until then, and when we have more, and then after that, we'll go. And now, the outro. Wow, lots of shit. <laughs> well, thank you, everyone, for listening to this week's episode. Be sure to check out our Patreon if you'd like to support us, as I said. Leave us a five-star rating and write us a review. We'll be reading out some of our favorites on future episodes if you leave us a review. Or Can't wait. if you're listening on a platform that doesn't allow you to leave reviews you could write us in or comment on an instagram post on the episode you like DTS, all of that or don't touch my sasquatch pod on instagram yep. dts cast on twitter yeah. don't touch my sasquatch podcast on facebook any one of those you write in maybe every episode if we start getting enough of them we'll read a couple in the beginning we'll read, yeah we'll read a couple of our yeah. favorites or yeah. ones we think are funny one or two not not a ton because we're not going cray cray so make yours a good one <laughs> not going cray cray because we are cray cray yeah hit them with the rest of it well email us at <laughs> don't touch my sa- no. <laughs> email us at dtscast at gmail.com if you'd like to get in touch with us or send us a message 
Thank you to everyone who has listened and continues to listen. If you have a friend or a family member who shares your love of this world as we do, be sure to tell them about it and check it out. Check out our website and for merch and affiliate links. Write us, rate us, review us, and listen next week for another stellar episode. Stay curious, be vigilant, and remember, don't touch my Sasquatch. Don't do it, he's ticklish. Peace! See ya! And we're back! Don't hit the quick cuts, let's go, baby! That shit down to a science. I sure do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is I that feel... you? Yeah, why? It didn't look like your fucking <laughs> voice was... It didn't look like you were making a noise. I was like, what the shit? Yeah, they're making noises in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> ah, my foot's asleep. Ah, that was my toe. <laughs> <laughs> Lo siento, por favor. I, sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the fuck that meant. I'm sorry. And then I said, please. <laughs> please forgive me. I'm sorry, please. I, I figured you'd be with me. Like, let's go fucking check this out. Like, oh, let's go. Touch it. <laughs> he touched oh, the butt. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Did you lose your spot? No. Did you forget your cursor? No, no, I got it right here. <laughs> the cursor is helping me. It is. Oh, he lost his spot again. Again. Heb- Heber. 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 There's five letters. And it's getting more and more. Heber. 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 Okay, I can't take a drink right now. <laughs> Heber. What happened there? You all right? <laughs> no, from what you Lennon malfunctioned. <laughs> Lennon malfunctioned. From what you're talking about off air. Oh. How you doing? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that came through. <laughs> I hope so. They never actually harmed him. Jesus. <laughs> what, what is it doing out there? Is monsoon? It is pouring. It is outside. pouring outside. It's a, it's a, no, we're not going there.